You have arrived. You have now entered the Kush Life. Welcome to the Kush Life podcast, where we explore the Oklahoma medical marijuana community. From growers to dispensary owners, it's the Kush Life for us. Welcome to the Kush Life podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and we are journeying through OMM Cannabis, sitting here in the back of the Kush dispensary. Yeah. Katie, Chris, thank you so much for always hosting and uh, being so gracious to allow the community to come in and enjoy all the great cannabis that you guys have. How has the holidays been here at the store? It's been great. It's been a busy holiday season. We've had lots of patients coming through, picking up their meds. Everything's been really good. The holiday season's been great. People have been happy. It's been overall a good Christmas, New Year's season. And about the holidays, uh, tell them what we have come up with. Is there a Kush? Oh, well, um, (laughs) I think what Chris is hinting at is that we're opening a second location. We're opening up a second store in Glenpool. Congratulations. Yeah, it's really exciting. When does that open? We are in the middle of the build-out right now, um, which is another thing. Red here, uh, Red's Meds. He will be a partner with me. Um, you know, doing our thing, family, keep it all family oriented. So it's it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be fun, exciting, but yep, we like it. Looking forward to it. Looking forward about to about two months. Co- maybe. Uh, that's what I was to say. About two months out. Yep, that's the goal. Nice. Maybe April, March. We definitely want to be open before April. Probably, hopefully, February, March. Is when we want to be open. February, March. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll look forward to it. All right. Well, we already have talked about one of our guests, Big Red. Hello. How's it going? What's going on, man? No, not much. Just hanging out in the back of Kush, enjoying it. Yeah. That's cool. And you got John over there? Yep. <laughs> it's my partner, John. <clears throat> All right. Where are you guys from? I'm here actually from Glenpool, where Chris was talking about opening a second Kush location. Uh, I've moved here from Colorado, previously Washington State, previously Nashville, previously Las Vegas, so I move around quite a lot. All right, so this is the part we kind of like to get to know you, so let's let's chat. Red, so you're from, from Sepulpa? No, Glenpool. Uh, my apologies, my apologies. From Glenpool, and grew up there, went to high school? Born and raised Glenpool, still live in the house that I grew up in, bought it back from my parents. That's cool. Uh, Got into the restaurant business a little while back, and then whenever the medical marijuana came about, it's always been a passion of mine, and so I got involved in it and been in it for a couple of years now. Nice. So what do you do? We grow and we process uh, for the most part. Not by I say we, John's really the brains, the backbone of it. But Is that what he's got under there is all of his brains? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Talk about Tell the people what you're saying. John has a bunch of dreads. Dreads yeah. down to your knees. A smidge of dreads, yeah. <laughs> what, like 17 years or something? Yeah, this year, 17 years. And they're all wrapped up on top of his head. Yeah, I do too much work to have my dreads down. That would be filthy. That would be unsanitary. <laughs> 17 years. Yeah, that's a long time. That's devotion, isn't it? It's faster than you think. <laughs> It does yeah. fly it by. It does fly, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt, it does fly by. With wow. that comment, and I'm assuming everybody's old. <laughs> right? <laughs> Getting older by the day. Uh, it happens, it happens. Uh, so what? why did you want to start growing? 
I've always had a passion for growing. Uh, I actually got in an accident when I was 18, and the hospitals, they wanted to give you every pill you could ever want. And I did that for a couple months, and I realized that, you know, a pa you know, I'd already been smoking weed, but I realized I could substitute a lot of that with smoking weed. And so I've always been an advocate of pot, even prior to it being legal, but now so. You know, it was perfect timing to not be able to get in trouble. Who got you into cannabis, Red? As a kid? Probably you. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, Chris is my older cousin for everybody listening. Okay, that's the, yeah. That's yeah, the there's a five-year difference, I believe, four-year difference. Yeah, so I would probably have to say it uh, at a Rosser River romp, you know, as a kid. So we always like to ask, and that's why I thought you were going to go to, you know, what was what was the first time you smoked? R r walk us through that first experience. I mean, the first time I smoked, I didn't probably ever get high. I was too young trying to hit a pinch hitter on the back porch with matches, so that didn't work out very good. It was a little windy in Oklahoma. It happens, doesn't it? It does. But uh, probably the <laughs> okay, first so time I actually got wind, high. Speaking of wind, the trip that we went on, so we ended up somewhere out, you know, you go I-40 going out to Colorado, and we end up, we pull off in this town just to get you know gas and i get out and i'm talking it's probably 40 50 mile an hour doesn't stop just a solid push the whole time and you're, i'm getting gas the whole time just getting blown away here we you know we get gust but guy out there in the that that's where you actually see the movie tumbleweed yes and all, and all, all the tumbleweed that's where it's actually you know the real. kids it was the first time for them to really be you know i'm like that's a tumbleweed they're like a what i'm like watch it and so everybody yeah. was like ah you when know. I was in Stillwater walking to class, that that was the windiest city ever. That's how I felt walking to class every day because you have you're out there in it for twenty thirty minutes, and but it just yeah, doesn't it, stop. It doesn't. It just, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Rough. But and that's why you go out there and you see all those windmills. Mm -hmm. And I mean, now then you understand. You're like, cool. Because if you take that drive, I mean, there's thousands. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. All right, so it's windy. You're yeah. trying to light a pinch hitter with a match. Yeah, yeah that doesn't go too well. It didn't work it? out <laughs> yeah. well. But the first time I probably actually got high, uh, my sister got some weed for me. We rolled like three joints, and me and two other buddies were supposed to get high together. But well, one of them wasn't there yet, so we smoked one, and they didn't get high. And then uh, so we decided it wasn't going to get him high if, if we weren't all three there, you know, with, with all three of them. So we went ahead and smoked the other one. <laughs> And needless to say, it was some creeper and came up and got us eventually, you know. Got broken, right? So what went through? What went through the mind? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, it's kind of that whole little kid thing. You know, we took off down the road, and about 15 minutes later, when it actually hit, we're, like, laughing like little kids and forgot where the heck we were going. And So you had a good time? Absolutely. You didn't have the freak-out moment. You had more of a no, fun time. No, I I've never really been at the freak out moment. Uh, edibles make me feel a little bit off edge. You know what I mean? Like they don't really agree with my body, but as far as smoking, I've never really had a freak out or a panic from it. Cool. Sometimes, I mean, I know there was moments in my first, first high, you know, I've told the story. I was going through Colorado, stopped in Denver to visit a friend. And so one o'clock in the morning, driving the back, you know, from Denver up to the Breckenridge area, she's driving everything, you know, going all around. And that was the first time I smoked. Like, whoosh, it was insane. I was all over the place. Yeah, no, I got lucky on that one. I was probably too dumb. Yeah, to get don't scared. don't do one something in the morning <laughs> driving through the, the mountains of Colorado with a local going crazy. It, uh, oh no, we've definitely both got a friend that I've been up there in past years, and 
they got, you know, you're from Oklahoma prior to it being legal and it's legal out there and they're doing 90 mile an hour up and down the mountains with weed in the car and you're over here panicked because you're an Oklahoma guy yeah. that's like, we're going to get in trouble for this. And, you know, obviously it was legal there, so you, they didn't have nothing to worry about. Definitely. All right, John. Oh, am I getting high story? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess the t- first time I smoked, I didn't really get high. Uh, and I don't even know if it was weed. It was just, you know, some skater kids I was hanging out with and, like, literally just walked past and they handed me some can that was crushed up with some strange green material in it. <laughs> and, yeah, I smoked cigarettes and clove cigarettes, so I figured it couldn't be that bad. I could see it was, like, actual, you know, plant material, but it did nothing to me. And then I moved to Nashville, and my brother was selling weed at the time, and I, I couldn't ever find his weed, but I found his pipe, and this shit was resinous. So I was like, man, I imagine if I get this thing hot enough, I could get high. Anyway, I got that thing hot enough where it's blowing oil out of the back of it, and, and I damn near, like, asphyxiated from coughing. And, uh, yeah, that I got high that time. I tried to play some Madden or something like that, and I couldn't even coordinate my fingers. And I was like, I'm just going to chill and listen to some music. And uh, that's why I realized, like, how cool uh, cannabis is because, like, shit I listened to. Like, I only had a few CDs. I was poor. So I was like, I listened to this CD I listened to 100 times, and it was like a brand-new CD. I was like, I wonder if what everything's like this with weed. <laughs> yeah, like, all the different sounds you hear. <laughs> I think it was Jimi Hendrix, The Experience. It was the first Ooh. CD I bought. And then I had, like, a Green Jelly. Uh, I don't know if you remember that song, like, Green Jello Sucks. It was like like a bad metal band that was like two cds i had and uh the the jimmy hendrix was two cd set so it's like the whole time i was just you know going to the moon listening to jimmy hendrix like proper high for the first time like that set me off like i was hooked on weed at that point like i was like gotta get some more of this needless to say i found my brother's stash and i was set from then so well, no wonder you're the concentrate cook. <laughs> the first time I got high, it was all passionate. I once on Ross, and now you're just chasing it. <laughs> it makes sense. All right, so you are the concentrate then, guys. So yep. walk us through what you do. Uh, so basically, like, uh, concentrating cannabis is no different than making a good brew of coffee or tea. Like, it depends on the experience you want and the material you have for how you're going to treat it. But it's basically you're either going to introduce a solvent to remove the oils from the matrix of the flour, or you're going to, uh, you know, wash the trichomes off the surface to concentrate the cannabinoids in separation, where you're separating the trichomes from the cannabis matrix. Or you can use pressure, like rosin, to basically squeeze the oils out from the cannabis matrix. And each one of them has their benefits and their downfalls, but like. I don't try like most people have an expertise where they they have one type of extraction they really uh hone in on uh i feel like it takes all types so i try to stay as well around it as possible um but yeah the basic premise of it is you're going to take something that may be 20 percent potency three percent terpenes and then you can quantify that up to something that could be 80 percent potency and now you know 10 percent terpenes so and, you're, and you do that by the compression of it uh it depends if you're using rosin that's the simplest means so just by simply pressing mechanically the uh the the liquid fraction and the cannabinoids from the actual trichome heads while filtering out the biomass like the the plant material and the waxes so then you're quantifying by just mechanical separation where if you're actually going to extract with a solvent it depends on the the selectivity of the solvent the more selective the solvent the higher potency extract you'll be able to make 
because you have the target compounds and the non-target compounds. So you'll be able to take something, you know, like that 20%, you'll be able to take to 80%, where if you had a non-selective solvent, you may only get a 50% potency extract because a lot of things you don't necessarily want or add to the experience in it. I didn't catch all that. Could you say that again, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so let's dumb that down into a patient walking into a dispensary. So they can look at the experience that they get from a flower. If they have a certain strand that really works for them, relieves them, then they can, if it's a good extract, that extract should just exemplify and uh, give them a higher uh, uh, dose of that same experience. So if they can learn to modulate the dose, they should be able to get the exact same experience they get from the flower. But I feel like extracts give you ability to take the, your medicine where you normally couldn't take flower. You don't have time. Like, so if you only have a little bit of a break and you need medical, like a vape pen is very efficient or a small dab rig where you wouldn't necessarily have the time to break up weed, put it in a bowl and smoke it. Now you smell like weed. It's just a lot more applicable to uh, a patient's life to have concentrates. It's not necessarily that you're chasing the higher potencies. It just makes it where they can keep a larger dose with them and they can use it kind of indiscreetly whenever they need it. So dispensary side, how does that education go with informing customers, patients, you know, which Maybe it's not. I don't know. This is me literally just trying to figure out a question because uh, I'm I'm hearing that and like Chris, what you said, like, hey, say that again. Like, so when I say dumb it down from a patient, how as a patient do I walk into a dispensary and know if it's one if it's been you know pressed or if it's been with the solvent? And then as a patient, do I care? It depends. If you have if you're find that your condition is only helped by a few strands then it's probably beneficial for you to find a full spectrum extract or a strand specific extract of that strand so so it's solvent or compressed is that where we go full spectrum uh, yeah so uh, butane uh propane um those would be full spectrum they're not going to be a, a distilled or adulterated largely from how they came out of the machine rosin's completely unadulterated there's not even a solvent involved in it so rosin would be the best way if you want to exemplify the effects of the flower then obviously rosin's the best way because it's just literally squeezed flowers or squeezed bubble hash from the flower um, where solvents could change it slightly, but you should still get very similar. If it's a good extract of a good material, you should get very similar effects of what you would get from the flower. Uh, in the store, when you were asking in the store to dumb it down and what patients are saying and asking in the whole process, um, at, in the beginning, people were really shying away from concentrates because they felt like it looked like a crack pipe or a meth pipe and they were scared of the torch and heating it up. But now um, with glass straws and, and turp pins and easier ways to consume concentrates, people are getting more, they're more open to trying. And so people are getting there. And then with the raw, we have a lot of rosins and live um, concentrates in our shelf, but we also have things that aren't live, which are cheaper and it's just that learning process. And whenever I try to dumb it down for people and myself, honestly, I relate it back to cooking because a lot of people cook. They understand temperature and pressure and how it changes sugar into a hard consistency or a fluffy consistency like um, like a, a 
cotton candy or you can make sugar into caramel you can make sugar into a lot of different yeah, that makes sense. consistencies yeah. and so that helps people connect the two in their brain it's not exactly the same because we're not using butane and things like that but it just helps them connect in their brain how flour can turn into all these different yeah it is it is super cool that's why i wanted to go like thanks for uh thanks for breaking that down because it i think that is part of the journey is trying to understand we talked a second ago kind of a little bit off air like we'll go into a terping talk here in a second like there's a big you know let's let's chat about why you were so passionate a second ago about well yeah because terpenes tell you what it's so great about for your body yeah the terpenes are like the rgb to cannabis like the black and white the texture of it or the cannabinoids but the unique kind of um not only the effects but the uh whole profile the experience of cannabis is driven by the aroma of it when you break it up when you first buy it like largely like like what you're getting out of the customer or uh, a patient looking for something that's going to work for them largely you can be driven by your nose what smells good to you like it's probably going to serve you well it's probably going to meet your ailments it's just like food we're drawn to food that our body needs so So we've asked that question before chris is why do you smell weed and you're going to say because that's part of your process of finding the right one. Yeah, exactly. What you light up to when you smell it, and, and it, it it lights you up, and it you know you feel that that uh, excitement. It's like almost like you can feel your neurons fire. Like that's probably what you're needing. That, that's your body sending you a cue. It's just like when you smell a few food and you're like oh that smells so good there's probably a terpene that's associated with a nutrient that your body's telling you that's what you need so it's like driven by your nose is number one thing i buy by my nose like i will overlook weed that looks incredible if it doesn't smell good because it's just such a big part of my experience I'll, i'll back this too all kinds of people come in a room and bring john weed and like smoke that and he'll light it up smoke it or whatever and They'll look at him and be like, well, what is it? And he'll be like, well, it's, uh, you know, it's probably this. And I've watched it time and time again where he's absolutely right. Oh, just you can smell it and you'll know what strain it is. At least, like, close. I know it's grandparents, at least. Like, there's not that many different aromas. Like, if you've handled enough cannabis. I wouldn't be good at that, Chris, would I? You've smelled it all. (laughs) Well, I feel like they're trying to make new smells and new things all the time. And right now, that might be a little harder. Or no. Well, it's like anything else. When you go um, getting wild on trying to combine flavors, sometimes you can muddy out the flavors. It's like combining a bunch of colors together. It's not likely. It's going to be very pretty. Like, it's the nuance of it. And that's what's so tricky. It's not necessarily that more is the answer. Sometimes it's the modern of the combination of a few minor terpenes that give something that's a unique aroma or unique effects not necessarily the three majors and then you have the different cannabinoids that could be in there it's like a very dynamic thing to try to quantify what gives cannabis its effect and it affects everyone differently so it's it's like those parents are that makes more sense because i've seen i've seen some turples and smelled some turples that obviously were more Tropicana cookies leaning or more slurricane leaning yep. and yeah they smell completely different but yep. you can tell which one is sticking out yeah yeah absolutely when you phenotype cannabis you really see it when you we you do across yourself like you can see the parents come out in different you know uh, different combinations and sometimes it's just like a clone of the parent 
like the the other parent didn't come through at all so it's it's a it's a process when you go and like chase down especially if you're chasing an aroma it's the most fleeting because when you combine aromas they completely change so it's like being aroma driven like it's very hard for me breeding because it's like i need a thousand plants to be able to phenotype just the one i'm looking for and uh, most people are just looking for a good stout plant that's sticky and it's potent you know I'm, I'm looking for a plant that just has something completely unique in its aroma and that's you know literally that drives my breeding program that drives chris's purchasing <laughs> <laughs> so it's safe to say you're a flavor chaser absolutely <laughs> I, I always, same here i'm a flavor chaser I, I make a joke with my wife that if they made like uh like the beers of weed like weed with no cannabis in it but it just tasted awesome like i would use it all the time it'd be cannab- cannabinoid free but taste fire and you'd i would be like you know old man with his uh his vaporizer just every 30 seconds taking a good draw of it because it's like the flavor brings me back to cannabis i can get high once a day and i'm fine but it's always like me wanting to taste it again or smell it again it brings me back to using it well and honestly i don't without if i wasn't smoking with chris i wouldn't even know that weed tastes good i don't know (laughs) i don't think i could honestly say that you know there there is a lot of stuff out there that doesn't taste the way that you're describing and talking about so oh it's rare trust me like i can go a whole year and not smoke weed that i i can honestly tell myself tasted good it's it's really hard to do it's difficult to 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 grow cure and get to retail cannabis that tastes good yeah he probably says about 98 percent of the stuff we smoke he doesn't like and it blows my mind but then i'm like well that one that one stuff that you do smoke it's like okay yeah i get it now i get it (laughs) so talk to us about your business so we started you know uh talked john and knew him from colorado and he was doing large-scale processing out there and i talked him into coming out here in oklahoma to be a part of it and we've done quite a bit of farming with flour uh to this point we've started to do all our processing got a lab that's just about firing on all cylinders it's been pretty good for us so far we've been enjoying it we most everything we grow on our or put out as flour We've bred in-house, so it's not like we've got every, everybody else has what we have, you know. What's your strengths? What do you like? Uh, one that we just put on the shelf with Chris here is the cookie cane, in which it's a orange cookie and slur cane cross that we bred from doing like what John was saying. You know, you get so many seeds, and then you got to find the exact pheno you want. Then you got to find the parent to match it with. And, you know, when you're breeding even when you breed that section together you got to go in and find that pheno again because it's kind of like if you've got any kids you know if you have a multitude of them or or more than one you see that all the kids come out differently they all have some characteristics the same as you and your brother may or you and your sister but you got to find the one that's the i always gear back to you know you want to find the fullback that's smart enough to run the play at the same time you know and that's that's the one you're looking for as far as me and me enjoying the flower. Now, John, he he's a whole lot smarter than I am, as you can tell. <laughs> and uh, he goes into it a, lot, a whole lot more in depth. That Things that I didn't even realize was reality until a few years back, you know, that he's been messing with for a long time. Did So I came down, red has already popped uh, about 100 Slurcane number sevens. 
and so it was the the best chance for me to pheno hunt like a real winter and it was one outlying plant that i kind of wrote off there in veg but when it started flowering it was just a standout it just had that hard dosy nug with this just a really unique aroma where all the other circanes lended like leaned more towards the purple punch and I, purple punch is a great plant but it's just not my favorite it's not something that excites me like i would never buy it off of the aroma like maybe the bag appeal um so that was the one i really honed in on and then we crossed out with the orange cookies and th- the reason for that is uh it's like crossing a grandparent so we get a lot of stability in crossing two strands that have grandparents that are the same so it allowed us to immediately get a very a stable phenotype out of our first cross of it because um, we were taking this to field so we made our own fem seed we take it to field we plow our own fields like it's a very organic process for us we handle it from beginning to end so we take a lot of pride in our product yeah sounds like it that's awesome that's that's really cool uh and is that what we're smoking today yeah we're gonna smoke some cookie cane nice all right so should we should we dive into talking about uh about the product yeah let's talk a little bit about it and try it out terpene talk with katie Okay, you want to hear about the terpenes? I do. I want to hear what's in it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so the top three terpenes for cookie cane are carefeline, limeline, and humulene. Um, Carefeline and humulene both reduce inflammation, and carefeline is a pain pain reliever. It's it's a common one. That's we hear that that terpene a lot. But with two anti-inflammations, you're gonna get a lot of like. Yeah, good yeah. pain relieving, anti inflammation. So we're gonna go low, ahead and say this is probably a, 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 a in the coucher. Will help with nerve pain definitely, and then limeline is antidepressant, antibacterial, anti cancer. It's just really a good healing strain. It's the third, or I mean, I'm sorry, fourth terpene would be myrcene which is the one that you like and say says no that's the one sleep. that puts me to sleep i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> i'm learning that's the one that I, so for me that's why i said in the couch like if i take an antihistamine if i take anything that's too relaxing i i'll fall asleep i did the other day working on the computer and i woke up well, like holy like marshall you know, time and place time <laughs> and place <laughs> well that's but that's, that's the journey though right yeah that's how course. we're learning you know why you smoke a certain thing during what what part of time during the day and and what's in it so that you can it's why we ask that question well what should we do with this strand should we where should we go with it how should we use it so this one's going to be indica leaning yeah more nighttime but not Definitely. put you down too bad okay more healthy anti-inflammation anti-cancer more medicinal flower definitely but also indica leaning yeah very indica leaning when you guys smoke it what do y'all do i mean i wake up in the morning and smoke and it don't bother me any but i mean i've also broke my neck shattered my pelvis i've got several prior injuries to where most people would be on some type of medication and i don't need any for it you know what i mean so i see it being helpful as Definitely where she said the painkiller, I, I think it helps out. But it don't put me out of this. I'm excited for that part, no doubt. I mean, most of my day, I, you know, especially as I'm limping around with my knee, but then I got, I got other stuff that's, that's come out of my body of learning as I'm progressing through and what the flower is doing to help me is, is what's really cool and, and trying to learn all these parts to see why we would, you know, use, use the flower in certain aspects. So I'm excited about that part. Do, do you guys do anything regularly for pain? 
other than flour or uh no i don't uh i was prescribed opiates back in the day and i've kind of you know never really liked that avenue so i've always used pot since probably oh three oh four yeah know? so when i hurt my knee people were like well did you go to the doctor i said well well why they're gonna x-ray it tell me something's hurt and then they're gonna give me a prescription to go take some pain medicine they're not really going to be able to solve anything. No. And then the pain medicines, they're not going to do anything for you. It's just going to make you want more. Right. And so the way I've been approaching it is trying to get the inflammation down with with medical and then go see. And I, I had a, you know, we're get, I've gotten some needling and I'm getting stretched and having people actually work on the body instead of just trying to throw a pill down to make it feel better. The rehab of my body was probably one of the biggest features of every accident i've ever been in i had a really got good lady that uh was through my insurance and she, we did rehab work and it, it worked out for me in the in a large part of my life and i still use a lot of the stretches and exercise to this day so when they start teaching some of that you know maybe you interact it in your every day so this life. is definitely a chronic pain so I'm, I'm guessing in the dispensary you get a lot of people that come in with chronic pains, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody has a story or has an accident or has something they've been through, whether it was from birth or something that happened along the way. And so, yeah, we get a lot of people with pain for multiple different reasons. But And so we try to push them or, or help them with the best best abilities we can i mean different flower the pain creams are awesome for different things depending on whether it's more muscle or or nerve or just depends on where your pain is what we prescribe my 80 plus year old grandmother fell and broke her arm tripped over one of my kids at 80 plus years old two weeks later she was at the family reunion in a sling and she's not a, you know, she don't smoke pot. She's not a having a pot. I get her to start rubbing this on it, and she's like, I don't really want to use pot. About two weeks, three weeks after she started using it, she's calling me, can you get me some more of that? You know, so I, I'm a firm believer in that cream. So the one you guys have up here, the Mary Jane's Medicinals? We have a few different topicals, yeah. Yeah, I was getting it out of Colorado because I found it to help relieve, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of the the pain that I was getting. And then when my mom, she had hip surgery and had some knee surgery and stuff, and so I was getting it shipped in and was giving it to her, but uh, she wouldn't handle anything with with marijuana. So I would take the labels off <laughs> that said that. And she she said she, when she asked me for more, she goes, "I looked it up. I can't get it." <laughs> I was like, "No, mom, I'll get it for you. Don't worry." <laughs> it really does work in it. Oh it, yeah, she loved it, but there's no way I could have told her that it contained. Uh, but that in our shop, at least, that's where you change those baby boomers' minds on cannabis because they've been told their whole lives that it's bad and they should stay away from it. But when they use it for the first time topically it really does change their minds yeah it doesn't get you high yeah and it doesn't get you yeah. high which is what they like because they don't want to be no i'm 100 percent. my same grandma when i told her what i was going to do she's not she said well redley you're not really going to be a drug dealer are you <laughs> i was like no nan i'm gonna grow medicine you know yeah. like, <laughs> it's just changing your mind their mindsets yeah about what we're doing all uh, right you know what i'm ready for some cookie cane. I'm ready for some cookie cane. <laughs> let's go get some of that medicine. Let's start feeling better, man. I like Sounds it. Good. All right, let's go. Hey, guys. This is Katie at Kush. 
while we're on this smoke break, let me just tell you about what's going on at Kush. Every day from 10 to noon, we have happy hour. 20% off everything in the store except our daily deal. It's bomb. If you are shopping for concentrates, edibles, even flour, it's a great deal. Come in every day, 10 to noon, 20% off. See you soon. It's the Kush Live for us. Kush Live. Kush Live. Kush Live. Kush Live. Kush Live. All right, we're yeah, back. I feel less pain. I think that was a great question, Chris. Are we on? Everybody getting high? We're on. That's it? Absolutely. I feel it in my head, though. Feel I know my we eyes. said we were gonna, it was going to be body, but I feel a bit in my head. Yeah. It's, it's all that, uh, that CBG. I think it's more of a medicinal, medicinal cut personally yeah i feel like it's a good 50 50 on the head and body high i definitely feel more relaxed and comfortable in the situation (laughs) i was a little offbeat i've never really done something like this before and i feel a lot more comfortable and relaxed now now you're relaxed yeah good all right walk us through the plant what are we feeling why are we feeling it well um basically cbd receptors are getting triggered by the cannabinoids that we put our bloodstreams through smoking the cannabis and we have a pretty complex mixture of cannabinoids so you have a little cbd cbg um so those are interact with the thc and also can inhibit the thc a little bit so um, all right so not every thing we smoke has cbd no, Some has more? Uh, different varies, varying amounts. So like as little as 1%, can, you can perceive a difference. But if you get like a strand that has 3 or 4% CBD in it, it'll be a lot less likely to make you anxious and nervous. If you ever like have paranoia or anything like that from cannabis, it's often good to look for something with a little more CBD in it than something that has little to no CBD. It's going to be a lot more likely to be you know kind of racy and maybe make you a little more paranoid than you would if you just had a percent or two in there is in inside the store how does that go to how how do we know if something has cbd if we're if we're a patient walking in from the testing and when thing when flour is high in cbd or cbg i put it on the jars a lot of flour is not high in cbd what? and so therefore we we just don't promote it at this point but when it is we like to put it out there and some of what john's saying is the strain we're talking about in particular it's not necessarily high in cbd a high in c to be cbd would be more of like a one-to-one it just has you know just a tad bit more than normal cbd uh that's given some of that to it it's enough for a perceived effect like I find that weed that has like absolutely like no minor cannabinoids and it's just majority uh, THCA, it's just a lot racier. It's a lot more likely to like the onset is quicker. It's the um, and you know the high doesn't necessarily last as long. Um, and you could experience this too if you've ever uh, like dabbed a THC concentrate, like diamonds for instance. You're dabbing pure THCA. There's no minor cannabinoids, little terpene there. You know, so you're getting that same racy, quick high that then, you know, kind of uh, offsets quickly. So it's like a two hour duration, call it, where if you smoke flour that had more complex uh, cannabinoid, 
ratio, you may not hit a peak as high as that high THC, but it'll last longer because those other cannabinoids interact with how your body actually processes the THC. And this particular strain, um, the cookie cane, it has 1.4% CBD and it also has 3.44 CBGA. So. Yeah, and CBG. CBG is a very unique cannabinoid. CBG is actually the mother cannabinoid. All cannabinoids come from CBG. As the plant is growing and processing and creating these resins, um, all the cannabinoids are first created as CBG, and then they they turn to THC or CBD or THCV, whatever it's going to be. But so so if we smoke something that has CBG. It, yeah, it's a unique effect. It's definitely every cannabinoid has its own kind of uh, unique interaction by itself, but the complexity is when you combine them together. It's almost you can't even really predict it because they interact so subtly, and then you add the terpenes on top of it. It's literally like something that's going to be like a fingerprint of not only that strand, but like that cultivar. So it's hard to, like, obviously medical science would love to reproduce this all the time, but it's the complexity of it. It's just hard to reproduce outside of just growing a good strand and saving that genetic and, you know, ensuring that if you do grow it and extract it, you you try to keep that fingerprint as unique as possible. As soon as you start to isolate it, even extract it, you're kind of taking some of that away from it. So it's not as as certain that it's going to have as medicinal as effect as it would if it was just a pure flower itself and a lot of stuff what he's saying might be different uh due to cultivator is you know the way one person harvests and the way another person harvests or the what people put into each thing you know and the curing and process of it is whether you'll lose a lot of terpenes or if you cut it too early or if you cut it way too late some of these cannabinoids change you know so it's all about how you harvest it, and then how you finish drying it. You know, it's not just about how you grow it. A lot goes into it. A lot. I mean, yeah, right. Like to that's make what's good cool. medicine. That's what's cool about the Kush life. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we dive into all the cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why we get high? It's a good life. All right, it where is. do people where do people find you on social? Man, actually, we're not even on social media yet. We've just kind of been laying back in the limelight. Just I'm about hard. to get them started on social media. <laughs> yes, it's coming. Uh, give us two months. It's going to be up and jamming. Uh, 100%. But where can people find your cookie cane? At Kush. Yes, yes. And we've got some. What else do we have coming up uh, processing-wise? So we've got some full spectrum that we've been working on that's actual real medicine, you know. Arts, uh, uh yeah, carts. We got a few other things that John's been working on in the lab. Well, we got uh, some shatter. We got some crumble, sugar, all uh, the distillate. Above. Yep, distillate. Working on it all, huh? Absolutely. Uh, you know, me and John kind of went at this, and we just been had our head down and grinding, and now we're getting to see a little fruit from all the hard work. And congratulations, We're going to keep putting that towards towards putting better, good product out. What's the uh, awesome. what's the concentrate you're most excited about, John? Um, making, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to putting out full spectrum CO2 carts with high terpene, basically like a, a high terpene extract, strand specific, and really hone in on certain flavors that fill niches for people. Uh, I, I I'm excited about that. 
just by hearing you already talk in this episode and then you something that you want to come out specifically for the community man I, i'm excited about that that's I awesome i tell you i'm more of a pot smoker and a lot of the distillate pens and everything they don't really work for me and when john made this full spectrum that he's particularly talking about you know all of us just went out and smoked a good little part of a joint ourselves and you know we're all still here talking communicating John brings this pin in here. I was kind of like, I don't really like it, John. It's too dark. You know, like, that's not right. And he's like, well, you know, I can make it lighter, but I'm just going to make it. It's not going to be as good as product. And so we fill some up just to try it anyhow. And I kid you not, people that smoke very heavily, you know, the two or three hits, and they were like, wow, you know, everybody kind of quietened up. They didn't talk much after that. And you know, it really was very effective, so I didn't give him a hard time on the color because <laughs> John explained that to me, and I was a little. Well, I've noticed that the CO2 <laughs> is a darker uh, darker material than your uh, uh, distillate. The distal one's a lighter color. That's what we've noticed on the shelf and making it ourselves. 100%. That's so when's it come out? Uh, we got carts on the order, so we we got the back our first batch test, and we got batches lined up after that. So kind of takes a while to get everything in the spool. We want to make sure once we do come out, we have plenty of supply, so nobody runs out. And uh, we once want a it good blows stock up, of <laughs> yeah, I gotta keep. I gotta get a stock of flavors like in my cabinet before I can really let it. Summer, loose. spring. <clears throat> oh, we'll we'll try to line it up with the uh, the Kush opening in Glenpool. Okay, so pretty quick. Yeah. All right. Two months. Yep, it's all coming together. Two months, all right. Cool. All right, where do people find Kush? You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. It's Kush Dispensary Tulsa. You can also find us right here at 1711 East Skelly Drive. And our phone number is 918-742-KUSH. Kush, 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 Kush. All right, we'll get it out before Saturday, so... Plug Saturday. What's what's happening Saturday? Saturday. What's Saturday. 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 I don't know about Saturday, but February sixth. Mike oh, Jones. Oh, it's February sixth. Oh my word, yes. I'm an idiot. I thought that was this coming Saturday. No, February sixth. Um, I was going to show up. That's why I said earlier. I said, no. hey, you know. So what's going on? Saturday? You'd have been disappointed. <laughs> I would have been. <laughs> but no, February sixth. Mike Jones meet and greet from four to six. Um, Twenty dollars. You have to get on the bus, smoke down with them. It's going to be well worth it. So, hope to see you guys here. Any last words for you, Katie? Um, no, just, yeah, Mike Jones will be here. It'll be a good time. Ooh, Mike, Mike Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come out. It'll be really fun. And come by and get you some cookie cane. It's really nice. I, I, I concur. Well, it's been fun, guys. Appreciate y'all having us on. Thanks for coming, man. Have a great night. It's the Kush Life for us. Kush Life. Kush life.